back everyone to the show. I want to introduce my lovely guest, Paula, to this podcast. Today's episode is going to be about a parent's point of view on a school for their children. I'm going to apologize ahead of time for the bangy in the background. I have horrible neighbors that decided to do construction for the last two weeks. And Paula has uh, her kids coming in and out <laughs> shouting. <laughs> Most, mostly Reggie, though. Yeah. Um, so I guess the first things I wanted to talk about is just your experience, like with schools of your kids. You have three girls and one boy, so it's more of the experience with the girls. I would say. Yes, definitely. How has it been like for, for mostly like, for Fran? I would say the difficulties that she has as she's been. Um, well, as you know, the twins both went to the same school. It um, was actually a school for special needs children. Um, however, they didn't recognise the signs of autism, so she wasn't diagnosed autism until just recently last year um, in her secondary school. Um, from there, she's had quite a lot of support. Um, to the school she goes to, they have a lot of meetings, Cam's workers go there. She's got someone on hand all the time to help her. So in that aspect, um, they've been very supportive and well um, for both the girls, actually, for, for the twins. Um, however, um, it, it could have been a lot better going to a special needs school when they was younger and missing signs is quite difficult. So the support weren't really there um, and we could have had a bit more support then. But um, personally, from my point of view, the secondary school have been very supportive and I've had a lot of help there. Well, why did it take them so long to diagnose her? This, as far as I'm aware from my experience working in the school, that these are diagnoses that should be made uh, during a reception in year one. That's when they first start doing the signs and checking because in nursery school, the steps that they go through is to see if they show any traces of not able to recognize uh, numbers, colors, letters, shapes, that's all documented. So the question is what went wrong? Why weren't they diagnosed properly? Um, from my point of view, um, being a parent, I could see signs of something there um, from when she was about three. And they actually mentioned in her nursery that she wouldn't sit for group time. She wanted to go off and do tidying. So um, Kat would sit for group time and Fran wouldn't. Um, however, I had to push the school, bearing in mind this is a special needs school, um, that they missed signs with Fran. And I had to keep telling them. So when she was about six, um, she had a CAMS worker come to the school. Um, that point in time, I felt that the CAMS worker she had um, didn't recognise things because she didn't assess Fran properly. She was um, very helpful towards me. She was more focused on home life and me and um, the children's father rather than actually viewing for herself. So it went unmissed. Um, even though I kept telling the school there's something wrong. And then it weren't until she was getting ready to leave school and um, her great nan passed away that 
the signs went massively higher, very noticeable. Um, so she got uh, another CAMS worker um, and she diagnosed her with uh, Sorry, Paula, we lost you there for a second. Could you repeat it again? Um, yeah, where, where could you hear me up to? Um, just when you said you went back to the CAMS worker. Yeah, the CAMS worker uh, was more supportive then. However, she was diagnosed with separation anxiety and I had to push because I knew that wasn't the right diagnosis. So it weren't actually until secondary school and she needed more support there. It weren't until we saw a CBT worker through CAMS that she was actually, you know, she, she first used the word autism to me. Well, it's understandable that she would feel this anxiety. She was getting the support she needed at home, but she wasn't getting the right support at school that she needed. So hence the anxiety yeah. of going to school, which is completely understandable. She should have yeah. started getting that support earlier on so that she had the balance between the, the support at school and the support at home. Definitely. I do think if she'd have had it when she was a bit more younger, um, it wouldn't have got so bad. Obviously, we know that this is something that will never go away, but the support wasn't there when she was younger and, and she kind of um, lost her way, if that makes sense. Mm. It does, it does, definitely. But how has it been so far now that she started getting the support that she should have gotten before? Um, it, it's amazing. I mean, the school have been great in that aspect. Um, and, and as you're aware... Um, her twin sister doesn't have autism. However, she, uh, she suffers really bad anxieties socially. Um, so the school have got on top of that. They've had meetings with CAMS workers, um, therapy and stuff like that was really good support. And considering we're in um, lockdown at the moment, they've been giving video chats and stuff. So the support has still been there for the girls, which is great. But I can imagine it, going back to school is going to be something that's going to be a bit more complicated now that she's so used yeah. to it. Yeah. Fran returned to school on Monday. Their school has picked um, year 10s to go back. So 36 students will go back per day, different students each day. So Monday to Thursday. And the school day will only be from... 8.50 to 1.35 so she was very very anxious going back on Monday that was her chosen day um, for her and she was very very anxious but when she came home she told me that it wasn't as bad as she thought it was um, however in children especially with autism it doesn't actually show that day it will show the next day in an outburst that she doesn't understand so um we'll have an outburst the next day which we prepare ourselves for and and I have to inform the other children because they don't understand why she's like that so we kind of get at home we know this is going to happen um and the school are prepared in case she does have a little meltdown at school there's workers there who support her really well well we both know like even from my experience working with kids and even having my own disability and you seeing how what Fran goes through school life can be difficult especially with peers and uh, bullying it does happen unfortunately it's not something we can control it's 
just a way of growing up, we'll all go for it. But for someone with any kind of disability, uh, with autism, it becomes really anxious for them and, and stressful. So I remember I spoke to you about how um, that this is going to be a challenge for her, that she's so used to your support that she's going to need to find the strength on her own because once she leaves secondary school, she's going to go into college to the point where she's going to have to manage it on her own. Yeah, that's it. So it's just us setting um, guidelines in place for her to feel that it's comfortable to go off on her own and do these things and go and find work once she gets old enough and stuff. So um, it, it's just being kind of supportive from the background as we hit that stage and um, just have her support, really. That's all we can do. Which is what I like about work experience. I mean, me and you, we had work experience in secondary school for two weeks, which I thought was, what well, is to this day, an amazing idea because it gives you the chance to understand what to expect a little bit as well when you go into that, into that zone that you're not used to. Definitely, and I think it builds confidence as well because you have to go out and do these things. Um, however, not all schools do that, and it, it's such a shame that um, the twin school don't do that, so they won't be experiencing work experience, which is quite hard. And with this epidemic that's happening, this is something that's not going to be available, I think, this year for students who are at, like, year 10 or 11, and, you know, it's, it kind of pulls back a little bit what they should be going through, so... Yeah, these, these changes are a bit difficult. But I know not just from the twins, you've had difficulty with uh, your other little girl in schools. Yeah, um, as you're aware, we moved schools for her. Um, she had difficulties with another peer at school. Um, and it took three attempts to um, advise the school about this until the point they hadn't fixed the problem and it got worse. So... I pulled her out of school and within a couple of days got her into a new school, which was quite good. But it's, it's I think a new head had come by the time my youngest one, had, uh, youngest girl had gone to that school. So for the twins, that primary school was perfect in so many ways. However, for my youngest girl, it wasn't a uh, new head had come in new set of rules and how she dealt with things. And unfortunately that head in particular um to this day as I'm aware because I still know parents who have children there don't communicate with the parents and there's lack of communication going on there which is a shame because you need to build that bond with the parents so they can trust you to know that you're doing a good job with their children yes it's definitely something that's really important that I noticed that definitely can affect a parent especially when for from my experience I did a lot of one-to-one so it was really important for me to talk to the parent of that student because I work so closely with that student on like every day and helping them with everything and I had the occasions which uh, this is not for all schools uh, just some in t particular I've noticed that they don't want the one-to-ones talking to the parents only the main teacher and I think I'm not sure how it would, you know, how you would see it as a parent, not being able to talk to your students one-to-one -one and only talking to the teacher who rarely has any 
work with them at all uh, on even a probably five minutes when they see them. Uh, for us, uh, we lose the opportunity of sharing you any positive news about them or anything that we've noticed that may affect them at home. So it's a lot, of, a lot of that back and forth communication that we lose, some of us, to the parent. Because it's, it's a lot of the, from my last podcast, I mentioned a lot that, and a previous teacher, there are a lot of clicks, even in the school, in adults, which there shouldn't be. And it shouldn't be something that shouldn't be happening. It should be like, a, we, we're there for the kids. And their main focus should be then, not who looks better. But in a parent's yeah. point of view, um, how do you feel not being able to communicate with like the one-to-one -one communication? Um, I think it's a shame actually because frontliners they say looking after your children and they know more about your child than they'd say obviously the third party who it then getting relayed and stuff and they're not saying things that parents would like to hear. So I do think it's a terrible shame actually that you can't have that conversation with the ones who's dealing with your child. Mm. Yes, but there are, there are unfortunately some, some bad seeds out there that I've noticed um, as support haven't been what they should be and teachers, the way they've spoken to some students. And I'm, I don't want to bring excuses for what they decide to do. Um, just that sometimes I know the pressure can get them because of the pressure they get above that, which is like the, the Ofsted and the heads and the supervisors above them put this kind of pressure. And on my side, I can see why the pressure is getting to them. But this, this reaction of it, you know, takes away the support and the communication that should be happening, happening with parents and teachers and TAs. Because I think if you're a TA, and you're there all the time, one-to-one -one with the student, a parent like, for, well, for me, if I was a parent, I would want to hear what that, that TA, that they're spending every single moment with my child, how's he doing? What's going on? Definitely. Because, Definitely, I totally agree with that. And unfortunately, there's like this hierarchy on deciding. And I know you've mentioned to me before when, um, I think it was a, a teacher or a TA that, it was quite rude. Yeah, it was actually um, a TA of the school uh, and playground stuff that was quite rude to my youngest daughter. Um, and I actually couldn't catch her at the school to say something. So I had to go to the head. And then you do feel, as a parent, they're very clicky and they, they're not getting disciplined for how they speak to the children. There is a certain manner, I think, that needs to be spoken. Um, and because these are your children, they're learning from the behaviour that goes on in the school environment. So you need to be this, all teachers need to have a certain manner, I think. And when some don't have that, then I think it's the wrong job for them. Yeah, I think uh, sometimes you end up forgetting, uh, like on uh, my previous episode, uh, me and my friend, we, we have this massive passion for teaching. You know that I've had that passion for a really long time. And it's got you, you know from my history that I've, I've left that because of, of those clicks. 
because it's it's almost drowned out my passion my love for teaching for looking after kids it's it's completely almost drowned it out to a point where I have an anxiety of going back to work in school but not because of the kids I have great love for working with kids they they're honest and they listen when they want to learn if they want to talk about something they do but um, the environment with the adults that work is become so toxic to the point where you can't handle being there. Working in different workplaces is hard enough, but when you work in a place where your important role is to make a difference in someone's life, because they are technically, you know, not sound cheesy, they are our future. Come on, they, they're gonna be our next generation that's gonna, I don't know, uh, be presidents uh, or work in different jobs. Um, they, they are the next development we're gonna have. and you know, to, to try and be in that environment to make a difference. It's so difficult. And definitely it's, it, you know, like for a parent, like you want to have people there who want to make a difference, not just cause it's a job. Yeah. Um, and obviously we've been friends for a long, long time and I know how passionate you are about teaching. Um, and it, and I'd be so lucky to have you to teach my children because I know they'd be in good hands. Um, you've got a way with children. You're polite. You know, you get to know the child. And I think that's what teaching is all about is having that bond there with all of your students. It does help them a bit of a kid as well, <laughs> a little bit as well. <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I do like the racing game. I do miss challenging myself, see how fast I can go in my old age. So see if I can still have <laughs> the energy to run. <laughs> and uh, they just love uh, talking, hearing stories, music, singing. They come and they, I think one experience that I think I hope that each parent, if they're ever going to teaching as well, because I know a few that do go into teaching, they, they're so open with you and they want to talk to you because it's one thing when you talk yeah, to like, your parent or your teacher, but when you have even a teaching assistant, you know, like an, like an outside adult that you trust. I think I've lost you. No, can you still hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. I said, no, I was saying that when you have like an outside adult that you can communicate with, like it, that's not part of your inner circle of like friends and family who who isn't afraid of like uh, voicing their honest opinion or what they think. You know, I think it's it's something that even an adult and a child wants to hear because sometimes when you're going through something and you want to express it, you want someone's genuine opinion, not something they think it's going to hurt you so they're trying to protect you you just want the honest truth and yes yeah I, i've come to an occasion where i've worked in a secondary school that's very catholic and it was a mixed school and you this is this is probably a bit a touchy subject i don't really like to mention it on my episodes but it is one of those like as teenagers they will ask certain questions you know boy and girl kind of questions and yeah because it's very religious, they don't teach it at school. Um, they're, not, they're not really allowed to ask us. And I had a group of kids once that felt very comfortable with me and trusting that I would, they would not get in trouble, that they could trust me. And they asked me these questions and I was honest with them. And I said to them, the, the recent things they need to think about for 
for boys and girls. I mean, for girls, I was very honest, say like, you know, how much they need to protect themselves and think about themselves only their most important part of themselves and not to give in to the, the pressure, the peer pressure that you would get as a teenager. And I think that that's something that they really liked that drove into them because they got someone saying to them like, oh no, you can't do this. It's, you know, before you're married, not the lecture, but they got the honest truth, which uh, probably some of them don't have. Uh, for the boys, I was just like, you know, respect, <laughs> respect <the laughs> each other. <laughs> so it's kind of different. But um, I think that's one thing that's missing a lot in schools where there's more respect, more communication, not just with the teachers and TAs, with the kids and the parents and just all together. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, it's lacking communication. It's hard. It's definitely something that I think can be more developed like and it's it's communication not just in the school but it's in I think every workplace you go to now it's it's gone to the point in life where communication has become so difficult. Yeah and I think that's why a lot of people struggle as well communicating with others because they're learning from teachers and parents and older people but we lack that now with social media and stuff like that. We talk through them things rather than commu communicate properly with people, which is hard. Yeah, and I'm sorry to say this, as much as I do like technology, I'm the kind of person that does have those moments where I completely switch off. I will not look at my phone, my tablet or laptop. I will completely disconnect myself to refresh my brain a little bit. And if I do want to do something, I can still listen to music. I'll read a book if I can but just to relieve your mind a little bit. And when I notice my nephews so attached to their tablets and sometimes they don't want to pick up a book or they don't want to go outside because they just want to play that video game. You're kind of, um, technology is just taking over and it's in the same in the schools to the point where they show a lot of videos instead of, I'm I'm one of those people that when I teach I'm I'm quite theatrical. I like to you know, make a show of it so it kind of gets into them. I don't want to sit there read from a book or play a film or a video clip. I want to interact with them. I want them to interact and play out so they have a full understanding of what they're learning. I think that's a great way to go about things. Um, not only for the child but for yourself as well. It's it's fun rather than thinking they're learning they're actually learning and having fun so it's a great way of communication so out of this all like let's let's summarize let's conclude this what would you need more from your schools to like to help with your kids what do you hope that uh, your son reggie will have when he starts school um i'm hoping there's a good communication with teachers um, students, TAs, everyone of the school environment that everyone can connect and communicate rather than just, you know, sending an email, well, this is the problem. I think a lot of things need to be face-to-face -face, um, and that's what we need more of rather than hiding behind technology, I think. 
I think uh, that's definitely true. And hopefully, even though technology is getting bigger, let's hope it doesn't overtake the learning and we don't lose connection to each other. But um, well, all I have to say is um, we're coming to the end of this recording. Paula, thank you so much for doing this with me. And hopefully this message will go out to parents and teachers and TAs out there to get at least a first-hand view of how difficult it is as well when you're seeing your child struggle as well when you're trying to communicate with the school and it's difficult and hopefully it will help. Yeah, fingers crossed. Thank you for having me. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to episode five. I hope you enjoyed.